Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. If you enjoy My Beautiful Stories, please support us. We are currently unfunded and all your support is gratefully received. Welcome to episode 5 of series 4. There's a film of dust all over the loft floor. Dust is invisible in small particles, but conspicuously milky in its multitude. I make my way to the shelves at the back, my advancement slowed considerably by empty boxes from already discarded white goods, Lego sets, and a computer joystick. I literally don't remember buying a joystick since I left secondary school, but there are so many boxes there that who knows what you found. Cradled in the chiaroscuro of the loft walls sits a rickety IKEA shelving unit, once home to a universe of books, now home to snippets of our previous lives. Inside it, spilling over the shelf and onto the loft floor, a bag of clothes sits, by far the most substantial item in this dusty room. I decide to roam through its contents there and then, an urgency unlike me grasping me from the inside. Memories of my children's early years spill out in layers. I catch a glimpse of her first bib, speckled with polka dots and tomato sauce spillages too persistent to clean. Here's the dungarees they all wore for their early steps, wobbling like jack-in-the-boxes, mouths open with excitement and concentration, one shiny dribble at the corner. And so they emerge, year by year, each milestone, an abundance of feelings and anticipation. In a not-so-tidy fashion, I throw these milestones in separate bags. Zero to three months, three to six, six to nine, nine to twelve, and then one year and decide to stop there for now. Excitement washes over me, finally happy, I reluctantly kept them now able to share with my heavily pregnant sister. As I separate and tidy and set aside for cloth the two stained, I notice the lightness of my actions. There is nothing I would like to keep. She can have it all. She can use it, cherish it or give it away. And for whatever she does keep, my memories will mix with hers in the thread of the garment and the patterns of lace. But as I sit and sort and tidy, there are three pieces of garment that I cannot let go of. A bobble hat, worn, original color is unknown. A knitted booty, purple and white with a tiny button on the side. And a yellow jumpsuit patterned with monkey heads. Yeah, they are quite cute. I think... At least one of them, I remember we got it from a car boot sale. The hat looks really like like a um, clown's hat. Uh, it was always our favorite. And I think the booty was knitted by your friend, wasn't it? And the jumpsuit is cute. But I remember, but we quickly realized the ones that don't open fully are really not very handy for when you change the baby. Um, and another thing that was different about it is that it's short so it doesn't cover your legs it's uh, it's trimmed at your ankles so definitely not a very useful jumpsuit i agree with you 
But as I sat and continued to rummage and continued to keep these things aside, I kept asking myself, what do these three things symbolize? Why can I not let go of them? What will happen to them eventually, apart from them gathering dust in the loft? What purpose do they serve? So I've been wondering, what made these three things significant when others were not? And I guess it's so much more than the way a thing looks, but rather the way it makes us feel, the memories we attach to them. I probably am exaggerating the importance of these three objects. However, if I were to delve deep in my subconscious and identify each of those feelings attached to them, this is what I would say. The hat. I think the hat symbolizes the awe I experienced while noticing the fragility of each of our children, then at the very beginning, just after they were born. In those very first few months, Seeing their frail, dangling heads emerging up and down from the car seat or from the sling. You as a parent almost find yourself at the crossover between immateriality and existence. And I think in those very first few weeks and months, you still remember to wonder at that fragility, wonder at their existence. Yes, they do seem very, very fragile at the beginning. And the head and protecting the head does symbolize it. And it's only after a while you realize that they are not that easy to break. (laughs) And I guess once the cradle cap disappears and the head becomes harder, you forget to be in awe with the fact that a few weeks or months before they didn't even exist. So that's it for the hat. Now the... um, monkey jumpsuit. For me personally, this object holds inside it the memory of of my becoming. In those very late stages of my first pregnancy, I still remember I was roaming around the streets of London, still free of child responsibilities. And this jumpsuit was the very first item that I bought from a charity shop for this prospective child that I was carrying. And in buying it, that was the very first acknowledgement of this new state, this new stage that was going to change my life. And I think that's why it's dear to me, even though its color has faded and it's actually not very useful at all. For me, it has become a symbol of my passing from one stage of not being a mother to another motherhood. Yes, I remember some of these stages of passing to parenthood slightly differently when, for example, we're taking a double buggy, putting them to bed at night on Friday night and just walking through London, uh, not trying to, well, not letting ourselves to fully be parents yet, not admitting it. Um, But I think I agree that there are some objects that remind us of that passage. Uh, I probably would have some other ones, but uh, I I think... This one sounds like it symbolizes it to you. That's interesting. So what would be your objects then? But if I'm to guess, I don't think you feel nor think in objects as such. No. I'm not sure it's one object, but as I ramage through the house and garden, I keep finding 
these little objects, an old swing or an old small sock. I think I just leave it where it is and then open the drawer or the shed again in half year's time and I still see it and I think subconsciously just don't get rid of it although it doesn't serve any purpose but I still see it there. Lastly, the booty, the knitted booty. I think that's a symbol of friendship but also of friendships changing, evolving, growing or receding with the new acquirement of a new state. Our friendships also alter in this process and the change happens at the same time but almost in parallel as a separate kind of event. As we go through a massive life change such as bringing a child into the world, we observe, if you look back at those times, our friendships changing as well. Some friendships become deeper, some mature, potentially because we have both finally caught up with each other, reached the same status, become parents. And there are some other friendships that become distant and eventually, possibly, dissipate. Mm. And I would also argue that it's not just having children, pregnancy, that is this trial or important moment for friendships. There are others like changing schools, grief, um, starting your uh, professional life. And they all uh, there are moments where you revisit them. And for some of them, it might be a natural point to terminate and some of them go into a new and more interesting stage. And this change can happen subconsciously. You, you don't necessarily need to revisit them. It just it just happens. And sometimes we need to just leave leave those French friendships run their course. Today's recommendation is a book, Flight Behavior, by Barbara Kingsolver. So we are going with the theme rites of passage, and this book is a rite of passage for the main character, Della Robbia, a um, woman living an impoverished life on a farm in the Appalachians, who notices an extraordinary event that changes her life. And the book talks beautifully about how in that process she becomes a new person, she finds herself, but also how her relationships, her marital life, her friendships change. I also really liked the book because um, it has a, an environmental slant to it in a very, very delicate, subtle way, but beautifully told. Um, so yeah, I would in general recommend this writer, Barbara Kinsover, for, for her other books as well. That's it for today. Thank you and until next time. Until next time. For more My Beautiful Stories, go to stories.com. You can also find details there on My Beautiful Stories Coffee Club, where you can support us.